This is the Irishman, Englishman, and Scotsman football podcast. Joining me tonight, Kev and Joe. How are you doing, lads? Good, thank you. Kicking off right into the heart of it, Kev. Saturday, half past one at Anfield. Liverpool against Newcastle. Liverpool true at Leeds 1-1 on Monday night. A win will take them back into the top four. It's been a while since they've been there. The Super League talk might might be a bit of a distraction. We'll get your opinion on Liverpool in a sec, Kev. Newcastle beat West Ham 3-2 last time out in one of the craziest games I've seen. Now, Fino said that West Ham, if they stopped Marseille Maxima, they would win the game. They didn't stop him. He absolutely ripped them to shreds. You know, i got to say that the goals were comical and from West Ham's point of view, red card was definitely a red card. But defensively, they're all over the place. And Newcastle dominated the first half. And if Gareth Southgate was at the game looking for Jesse Lingard, he would have found them in Federico Fernandez's pocket, you know, because he did absolutely nothing. And I was actually, you know, kind of concerned about the game. But going in a half time, I thought this could be five or six nil. This is the worst thing we played since we played West Ham at the start of the season. And, you know, this is Newcastle. They look so confident. And after the win against Burnley, they played with a bit of freedom. So you go against 10 men in the second half, surely bring on Callum Wilson, play three up front and bury them. But he didn't make any changes. And he sat back and thought he was going to run West Ham out, you know, and soak up the pressure with their 10 men and they get tired to hit them on the break. But West Ham just attacked, attacked, attacked. And they got back to 2-2. But when they got back to 2-2, and they were controversial decisions also, the penalty and the, and the um, probably an offside goal for the first one, VAR, you know, the usual stuff. But as soon as they went 2-2, then Steve Bruce seemed to say, okay, now go and attack again. And straight away, Matt Ritchie, who's been unbelievable since he came back, he's been a revelation, bangs in a ball. Joe Willock is on the pitch for two minutes and he bangs in a header and they win 3-2. Newcastle have a bit of breathing space now. They're not safe yet, but a bit of breathing space. And you could see it in the first half in the players that they were kind of enjoying themselves. You know, a little bit of pressure had been lifted after the Burnley win. And I think going into this game, because, you know, West Brom lost and Fulham only drew with Arsenal last time out, there's a little bit of pressure off Newcastle and there's a lot of pressure on Liverpool. You know, you've got this distraction from the Super League. Of course, you know, they've got to get into the top four, Kev. Yeah, it's a huge amount of pressure on this now. It was, it was really weird, the Liverpool game against the Leeds, where Liverpool, you know, looked pretty good in places, especially in the first half, but Leeds were... These were really good in the second and were well worth that point, I tell you. So, nothing, again, I, I, I say again, nothing's really changed for Liverpool. They're still not very good. They're still like um, really missing. I know you're not a massive fan, uh, JP, but Jordan Henderson, you know, he's still like one of those players. You know, you miss your captain and Liverpool's results are just not as good without their captain. And obviously without, the, without Van Dijk as well, but let's not go into that again. So, I think, yeah, massive amount of pressure on uh, Liverpool do tend to do very well at home to Newcastle, right? I'm sure do, you remember yeah. over the years. You know, they tend to, it tends to be, you know, one of the closest things there is to a home banker, you know. And all I'd say about Liverpool this year is they've they've done reasonably well in the games against against the teams that they usually do reasonably well in. They needed a boost uh, when they were playing uh, Arsenal a couple of weeks ago and they got that boost because they nearly always do well against Arsenal. They nearly always do well against Newcastle. And so, you know, if I have to bet, I'd, I think they'd probably do just enough. But yeah, it's been obviously massive pressure now that they absolutely know that they have to get into that top four. I still don't think they will, by the way. I really don't think they will. I think it's too much already. I think uh, unless they're, they're really relying on a couple of teams to implode. And so, um, and 
any one more slip up and I think that's probably the end of it to be honest if they were to lose this one and you know Chelsea Tottenham a couple of others were to West Ham maybe were to win theirs I, I think that might realistically be their last chance so can they cope with the pressure because this season honestly when the pressure's been on they haven't looked like they can I agree with you there Kev I think it might be a little bit too late you know I think another Leicester win I think it's Monday night they're playing you know and that uh really would see them kind of push for, for third place. And Chelsea, I fancy Chelsea to take the last spot. Again, you know what Finno was saying last week, obviously the Liverpool defence is a lot better than West Ham, but, you know, they've got to keep the ball away from, say, Maxima because he'll look at that makeshift Liverpool defence and, and rub his hands with glee, as will Callum Wilson. Defensively, you know, I don't think Newcastle have enough to keep Liverpool out for 90 minutes or 95 or whatever it is these days. But... um you know, I, I fancy us to get something, maybe a draw. They, they're kind of becoming a little bit stubborn now, Newcastle. And, you know, I think they'll play with a little bit, little bit of freedom. I think we'll trouble Liverpool, but I don't think we'll beat you. So I, I would definitely take a draw. Uh, moving on, half past six on Saturday evening. Massive game, West Ham against Chelsea. Uh, West Ham, of course, beaten by Newcastle. And I have to say they were absolutely terrible in defence. But they have been terrible in defence for the last four or five or six games. They're shipping loads of goals. Newcastle could have scored five or six in the first half. Um, like I said, Lingard was, was a no-show in the first half. And I think that game against Newcastle last week, I think West Ham's Champions, Champions League hopes are gone. I, I think they'll be beaten here by Chelsea, who will leapfrog Liverpool into the top four, regardless of the, of the previous result. Um, although they couldn't break down Brighton. But I think uh, West Ham can see too many goals to, you know, and they're missing Rice and Antonio. I think that, yeah, I, think that, I just think they ship too many goals to, to make that top four. Joe? Yeah, I think you're right, JP. And obviously Dawson, who's been amazing for them this season, he got sent off, didn't he? So they're missing Dawson, Rice and Antonio, which is a big part of like the spine of their team. So many clubs have been through a really dodgy spell this season and West Ham seems to have always been quite consistent. I just wonder if now their form is going to drop off just a little bit at the wrong time. Um, I did hear a, an interesting stat today, though, that West Ham have scored more Premier League goals this season than Chelsea. And when you consider Chelsea have spent money on the likes of Werner, Havertz, I think they spent over £150 million in the in the summer. It's not a fantastic return, is it, when West Ham have scored more goals than you? So I wouldn't rule them out just yet, but I do tend to agree. Um, I think Leicester and Chelsea will take those final two spots in the top four. Just quickly, Kev, do you think that the, the Super League will be a distraction for Liverpool and Chelsea players this weekend? I think I think it will inevitably be, yeah. I think there's no... I think it will have caused some lasting damage. And I don't think... I don't... You probably don't want to get into the Super League again. You know, everyone sort of had their, had their take on it. I don't, I don't see what's happened, though, as like some massive victory that's going to change football or anything like that. You know, I think we're, all we are is we're back where we were you know, a couple of weeks ago, which was, you know, the status quo, massive, massive amounts of too much, too much money in the game, you know, no, no real obvious way to, to solve the problems, you know, so, but I think what has happened at those clubs and particularly at Liverpool is you'll see there's been, it would have damaged the relationship between the players and the club, right? You know, you could see how certain players anyway, were really upset by it. You know what I mean? And I think, you know, you had John Henry at Liverpool come out and give that, you know, belated apology and so on, which won't have helped at all in any way. So I think all you've got now is, you know, 
I suppose you could look at it two ways. You could say the fact that the players got together at Liverpool anyway, I don't know so much about Chelsea, but got together to make that, you know, statement altogether might be one of those moments where it helps them sort of strengthen those bonds, you know, between themselves. Maybe there'll almost be an us v them mentality between the players and the coach against the owners, which is sometimes you do sometimes see, but that's not healthy long term, you know. And so yeah, I think it will be a distraction. I think I think it's been awful. Like, you know, on every level, as a fan, it must be pretty shitty as a, you know, as a player. The coach was obviously upset. You know, what did seem to be a harmonious club in terms of the relationship between, you know, the playing staff, the coaching staff and the owners, you know, has now been shown to be an absolute joke. So, yeah, I think inevitably it'll just, it's been rubbish and it will probably continue to be rubbish and will cap a rubbish season. Uh, right. Moving on, nine o'clock on Saturday night, Sheffield United against Brighton. Of course, Sheffield United relegated last week uh, with that defeat to Wolves. Brighton, I think you'd think they're safe, you know, and that defensive, sturdy defensive performance against Chelsea, Joe, I think that really kind of solidified their place in the Premier League for next season. I think they'll want one more win and no better team to get that against, really, is there, than, you know, Sheffield United, who've lost their last five or whatever. Um, Fully expect Brighton to win this one comfortably, and I think three more points for them, and they'll be in the league next year. And they're actually they're actually going to be one of my teams to watch next year if they can get a striker. Wouldn't surprise me if they finish in the top ten next year. I think they are that good. Yeah, they're really good to watch, and they you know they play football. They really keep the ball on the ground. You know they're they're very easy on the eye, and yeah, I'm glad Brighton are staying up. But saying that, you know. Nothing is sure yet. Newcastle could still go down yet, but uh, I'm definitely a lot more optimistic than I was a month ago. Uh, Newcastle actually, they've won the last two. Maybe uh, lost one of the last six. So Plus Liverpool are at Anfield, Kev. When was the last time Liverpool won at Anfield? <laughs> no, no, we've got one. We've got one recent win at Anfield. It's not quite as bad as it was, but yeah. All right. Uh, Sunday, Wolves against Burnley. Um, Wolves, of course, beat Sheffield United the last time out. They're yeah, kind of in limbo at the end of the season. Burnley took the lead at Old Trafford and looked really good. Tark- Tarkowski bullied Harry Maguire and banged in a header. But they fell apart in the end and they, they lost 3-1 to Man United. Now, Burnley are six points clear of Fulham with the game in hand. So surely, Joe, you think you know Burnley are safe as well? Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's funny, isn't it? Obviously, at times, people have really been worried for Brighton and then it was Newcastle and now for a seems, long time Newcastle yeah <laughs> and, and now it seems Burnley is the club who can't find any form whatsoever you know if you've lost in your last few games if you've lost to Newcastle and to Southampton that shows you what bad form you must be in um, I, I've been reading today as well that um, Nuno Espirito Santo may potentially leave Wolves at the end of the summer so you wonder if their season is going to die out somewhat, although they have won their last two. Um, actually, I think Wolves are going to win this one, though. I, I just can't, I, Burnley, I just can't see where their goals are going to come from. Um, so I think they'll lose, but I think they should be safe. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think they will just about be safe. I think, I think what happened in midweek with West Brom losing and losing quite heavily in that game against Leicester, that just snuffed out that, that little flicker yeah, I'm not saying they're absolutely relegated now or anything like that, but with those two wins and two really good wins and scoring a bunch of goals, people, people, you know, the other teams must have just thought, oh, Jesus Christ, they're not going to pull off one of those miracle 
escapes are they you know they're not going to put a win at, you know run of sort of six or seven together and I think, think the fact that they were beaten and beaten handily I just think means that you know people will relax a little bit now and I think that's the that's the second of those relegation places now yeah very 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 close to being confirmed you know um so you know lot, uh, you know a little way to go yet but I think if you look at Burnley you think I think they're nine points ahead of West Brom they're six points ahead of Fulham who have played the game more and again I think we're getting to that point where you know a point of game or whatever I think Burnley are going to be just about all right just going back to um something you touched on there Joe Nuno Espirito Santo I mean the Wolves haven't won a game in a while and I watched the last two games against Fulham when they got that last-minute goal uh, through Traore and the celebration on the sideline between him and his mm. coaching staff was like they'd won the cup final. And again, it was the same when they beat Sheffield United, you know. So I, I, don't, I don't know if he, he'll be leaving just yet. I mean, there's there's big, uh, big faith in him and what he's building. So, you know, it hasn't been the best season for them. They've lost their best player in shot at the Liverpool and They've lost their main centre forward. So, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule him leaving just yet. Now, lads, this for me is the game of the weekend. Three o'clock on Sunday. Leeds United at Ellen Road against the biggest rivals, Man United. Leeds, in the last two games, have beat Man City away. Drew at Liverpool uh, on Monday night. Could have beat them, Kev. I'm sure you'll agree in the end. You know, plenty of chances. They play with no fear. They're unbeaten in five. Man United have won the last five in a row. Beat Burnley 3-1 from being a goal down. You know, a win here for Man United should guarantee second place. Automatic qualification for the for the Champions League. And then they can concentrate on the Europa League. Yeah, this is this is this is absolutely one to savor, isn't it? Sorry, uh, sorry, JP. But I think this is just one of the it's an illustration again, isn't it? How this is a this'll be a this'll be a better match. This is one to look forward to more than some dreary you know, uh, even a Man United against... I, I could not get excited about a Man United against Atletico Madrid, but I can get excited about this. Because I, and because also, the, the you touched on it there, but there isn't that much at stake. Like, we know that there's not much at stake for Leeds. And for Man United, I think they've already got second. I think, I think or at least, at least I'm going to say they're in the top four, so they're going to be in the Champions League next year. But so, uh, yeah, good illustration, a game I'm much more excited about than some nondescript uh, Euro game. Joel? Um, so, Man U... Uh, unbeaten in 23 away matches in wow. the Premier League, which is extraordinary. It just shows you how consistent and, and how good they've been. Um, so you, you just can't see them losing this one, but I think it'll be a fantastic game. I think Leeds will give an amazing account of themselves. Like we said, they've, they've haven't lost to the Liverpool and, and City in the last few games. So it wouldn't surprise me if this one is a very entertaining draw. Yeah, I think the reverse fixture was a bit crazy as well. It might have been something like, 6-3 or 5-3 to, to Man U at Old Trafford. It was all out of tack. And hopefully this one is the same. Uh, speaking of meaningless games, Kev, this might be one. Uh, Villa against West Brom. Villa, of course, lost to Man City in midweek. West Brom beaten by Leicester. West Brom have to win this to have any kind of glimmer of hope. It's a Midlands derby, but, you know, I probably see Villa winning it. But, you know, I don't think I'm even, go- even going to watch this one, lads. <laughs> I think yeah, this is this is one if you're uh, if you've got a vested interest in this one, it's just, you know it might be pretty good. Like the saying, West Brom were playing really well. Uh, I I, I'm, I confess I didn't watch the Leicester game, so I don't know if it was a case of they were really battered or if they were just a little bit unlucky. But um, yeah, one for one 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 for the locals. I reckon this one. Monday night, nine o'clock, the final game of the weekend. 
Leicester at home to Crystal Palace. Leicester, of course, won um, against West Brom. A win here for Leicester really goes a long, long way to, you know, Champions League football next season, I think. You know, they had a bit of a blip. They got that win against West Brom. Palace are safe. You know, they were hammered by Chelsea. Palace haven't played since, uh, I think, the 10th of April. So it's a long time ago. You know, they're safe. So I, I, I really fancy Leicester to win this one as well. You know, Vardy's back among the goal scorers. And I think a win here, and maybe one more after that, and Leicester are looking at top four. Yeah, we um we were saying when we last week after Leicester reached the cup final, would they kind of drop off a little bit in the league and prioritise trying to win a trophy over finishing in the top four? And I, I I was one. I actually thought that West Brom may have got something out of that game. I just West Brom were playing so well, but Leicester were dominant. They were so so good and. Um, you know, Vardy is, he just seems to get better. He just seems to get better. You know, he's fairly old now, isn't he? What, 35 or whatever? Um, just, you know, still scoring. Inacho has been a revelation this season, hasn't he? He's scored a lot more goals than anyone could have predicted. Um, I actually thought that Leicester would have fallen away and wouldn't finish in the top four. I just thought we may have seen a repeat of what happened last season. But fair play to Brendan Rodgers. Um certainly hasn't happened yet anyway. And I think they'll win this one as well. And yeah, they're getting really close now. A couple more wins and they should be secured in that top four, which would be an amazing achievement. I think as well, it'll be, again, this 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 weekend for me, some of these matches are really good reminders, you know, g- given what happened with the with all the Super League shenanigans. This is just, I, I think a lot of people have been thinking back with great affection about that Leicester League title win. And just reminding themselves about is you know how what a breath of fresh air it is when things like that. When was it? Was it five years ago, more or less? It was five years now. Time flies, dear me. But anyway, it's been um, it's been really nice to think of that. And I, yeah, I, I look at that. I, you know, we've all been fans of the way Leicester have played football. Uh, they've got a really good coach who 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 lots of clubs would love to have a coach as as, as talented as him. Um, I, it was a blip. It was worrying after they came back after that break and had those two results or whatever it was. And now I just think, wouldn't it be nice now? Wouldn't it be nice now if they could win the cup, cement third place, have really something to look forward to. And like I say, just reminds people of how it isn't just the so-called, you know, big six or whatever who make this, who make this league tick. Would you worry for Leicester though, lads, if they do make the Champions League and regardless of whether they, they win the cup or not, I hope they do. But, you know, They've really unearthed some gems in Madison. And uh, for me, Tielemans is one of the players of the season. You know, you'd, you'd wonder, would bigger clubs come in for them, you know, at the end of the season? I think so, yeah. Obviously, you've got Fafana as well at the back, who's been amazing this season. We've seen in the past some of their best players like uh, Mares and, and Kante have left. Um, but if they're playing in the Champions League football and the likes of you know, Spurs or Liverpool or whoever misses out, would you leave or would you stay? If you're guaranteed Champions League football, would you stay? It's a tricky one, isn't it? And, you know, one thing this summer, is there going to be as much money lying around and spent as there has been in the past due to COVID? Probably not. So they may just hang on to some of them. I think uh, it's not just the players though, is it? And I think there might not be money for players, but there's always money to pay, you know, coach compensation. And, and for me, that's a really interesting question at the moment, because I was thinking about I've been thinking about this a lot over the last week for, for all sorts of reasons. But, you know, like German coaches are very 
um, you know, fashionable at the moment, right? You know, there's lots of, uh, everyone's looking towards Germany. It somehow seems at the moment for coaching inspiration. You've got Brendan Rodgers, who is, who is not, you know, does not have that international experience unless you can Scotland, I suppose. Um, but, you know, he has done a, he has done a really nice job. I expect he will be in demand. I don't know if he'll be in demand by the absolute top tier. That's the thing. I'm not sure. Let's see. I, I don't even particularly want to speculate who's going to be in the market for a, for a, for a permanent coach. Do you think Tottenham? Sorry, I just I'm going to say Tottenham just because they've got an interim coach. So I don't I don't like speculating about coaches being fired, but but they've only got an interim coach. Tottenham maybe, or will Tottenham look towards? Uh, um, someone like Nagelsmann or something like that. I don't know. But I wonder who would tempt Rodgers away. He had his experience at Liverpool, which was pretty good, and he got close to the title, but obviously didn't end very well. But surely he will want, at some point, not just a taste of the Champions League, but surely at some point he will want to go to one of those top clubs. And I wonder if this might be the year, or maybe it'll fall. Maybe it'll be okay for Leicester, and, and, it, and, and that demand for him won't quite come this time. I think if Leicester have a good season next season, again, then he'll be in huge demand and someone like Tottenham might actually suit him, you know? Um, I remember at Swansea, they played fantastic football. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Liverpool, you know, played great football as well under Rodgers. That was the closest they'd got to the title, to the Premier League title ever, I mean, that, that season. At Celtic, oh, it, was just, it was amazing. Yeah. yeah, at Celtic, he wiped the floor with everything. He won the treble, I don't know how many times in a row. Well, that's not very difficult, but, you know, still... Mm -hmm. They were, they were very good to watch. And at Leicester, he's worked wonders. So I think he's a top-class coach. And yeah, I think, you know, another good season at Leicester and he could be off to somewhere bigger. I actually imagine them at somewhere like Arsenal, you know, where mm. they play really good football. But he, apparently he's a very good man manager as well. And he brings the whole unit together. So whether that would work out with Arsenal or not, who knows? <laughs> okay, lads, we've tried to avoid it so far, but the elephant in the room is the collapse of the European Super League since we spoke uh, last time out on Tuesday, Chelsea were the first ones or first two, along with Man City, to, to drop out. Florentino still thinks that it's possible in the future. Kev? Well, I said one thing last week um, about Florentino, which is, we don't know anything about this, but I speculated. I said there may be that he has like a sort of doomsday contract or a doomsday clause in that contract, right? So, so that no one's allowed to pull out. And it was really interesting what happened with everyone sort of pulling out at the same time, uh, because I've subsequently heard just on the radio, right, in, um, in Spain, no inside knowledge or anything like that, but that there is indeed a clause in the contract, that there is a big penalty clause in the contract for the clubs that pull out. And I assume that them all pulling out at the same time is this feeling that they, um, the safety in numbers, you know, that, that, that it'll never get to the point where they have to, they have to pay. But it's really, it was, I, I haven't seen the news today, but up until yesterday, um, Real Madrid and Barcelona were still in the Super League. Like they haven't pulled out. And and according to Florentino, and admittedly this was now two or three nights ago, he was saying no one officially has pulled out either. Or you know, so I think I mean I think he's accepted that it's not going to happen in anything like its current form. I mean you'd have to be crazy to think that it's just going to come back. But but I am sure that they are still harboring thoughts of owning their own league. The, the, the numbers are just colossal. Whatever money they could get from UEFA in terms of prize money. Number one, as we all know, what they would love is to have guaranteed income, which the Champions League can never, can never get them. But I'm sure this is not going to go away while those owners are in place. 
while the Americans own all the Premier League clubs, while Spain and Italy, those clubs still have their financial problems, they, the, the numbers are just colossal. You know, the, num- the potential numbers in those billions of pounds, billions of euros, that I don't think they, I don't think Florentino has given up. You know, I, I know, Joe, you spoke to uh, Jakob Larsson, the ex-Denmark and uh, Derby defender. That's coming up on Sunday night, folks, by the way, on our YouTube channel. Uh, Joe had a great chat with, with Jakob Larsson about um, his career and, you know, the players he's played against and the fantastic career he had. But uh, did you ask him, Joe, what, what his opinion was on the on the Super League? Yeah, I did. So he um, he said, you know, I think similar to the rest of us, that this isn't going away anytime soon. We should all be very wary that something may happen again in the future. Um, I think he yeah, just agreed that it's, it's all about money, isn't it? And it's no surprise that Real Madrid and Barcelona are the two clubs left in because they're the they're the two clubs who are the brokest out of everyone. They're in so much debt and they need the money. Um, yeah, obviously delighted it's not happening, although it was quite an exciting two days, wasn't it, when it was all kicking off? It was all, it was all anyone could talk about. Um, for me, I'm just, I'm just really disappointed that that was the best idea that they could come up with. Surely some of the greatest minds in the biggest clubs could have, could have come up with something a bit more innovative, a bit more innovative a bit more exciting um because i think people agree that the champions league isn't perfect and there maybe is room for something a a little bit different but that certainly wasn't it yeah i spoke to ramon vega today that'll be out soon as well the extra tottenham and um celtic switzerland player and i asked him his opinion and he said the same thing he said look this won't go away it might take 10 years but it's, it's coming back you know it's definitely coming back and they've been behind the scenes for a long time preparing this thing so they're not going to stop. Right, folks, uh, we are almost at the end. Before we go, as always, we couldn't leave without another gem from our lyrical scouser, Kev. Here we go. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. It's called What Happens on the Pitch Doesn't Matter If You're Rich. Although it turns out it still does. That's bad news for some because all but two of the big six are shitting Champions League-sized bricks. Chelsea should inspire awe, but Brighton held them to a draw that left them huddled in the warmth of that extremely dicey fourth. Spurs have a new coach, a more positive approach, and the fans have no complaints after they just edge past Saints. But still, they're down in sixth, nestled awkwardly betwixt West Ham United just above them, and then Liverpool, God love them, who launched another major climb down as the owners called a code brown on a Super League disaster that could not have folded faster. And yeah, we're all relieved to see a plan so ill-conceived fall so flatly on its face and disappear without a trace. But you think this is a victory? Sorry to be contradictory. But in a game where cash is king, this really will not change a thing. Nor will these poor verses unless we all vote with our purses. But let's face it, we'll be back. After all, football's like crack. And while my heart still bleeds, this week I couldn't cheer on Leeds, who were worth their 1-1 draw against the Reds, who I am sure will be cursing Florentino and his Super League casino. But while this week's been, been painful and the club's behaviour shameful, you can't just switch from love to hate. This isn't fandom, this is fate. Brilliant stuff, Kev. Thanks very much, Brilliant. lads. Cheers, JP. Cheers, Joe. This has been the Irishman, Englishman and Scotsman Football Podcast. Uh, If you haven't subscribed already to our YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button on the bottom right-hand side. And don't forget to check out on Sunday evening, also on our YouTube channel, uh, Joe had a brilliant chat with ex-Darby County and Denmark player Jakob Larsson. Thanks a lot, folks. We'll see you next Tuesday. Enjoy the games.